Welcome to another episode of the Oddball Sports Podcast. All thoughts and opinions of all hosts are the thoughts and opinions of said host and do not reflect the thoughts and opinions of the other hosts of podcast as a whole. Enjoy the episode you're about to listen to. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Oddball Sports. I'm one of your hosts, Norm Hansen. I'm joined here today by Melvin Kwashi, Diane Addo, David Kofite, and Sarah Mkate. We're back with you for the start of the 2022-2023 um, season across the sports world, essentially. Um, over the summer, we saw the England um, Lionesses win the um, Ladies Euros that was hosted in England. And yeah, it's been a summer full of a lot of talking points we've had within our, ourselves. And we're glad to be back to open up the season with you. The first topic we will take a look at um of this new season of the Oddball Sports Podcast is the recently released Ballon d'Or nominees. There was a 30-man shortlist um, released by French Football, and here are the 2022 Ballon d'Or nominees. Thibaut Courtois of Real Madrid, Mo Salah of Liverpool, Rafael Liao of AC Milan, Christopher Nkuku of RB Leipzig, Joshua Kimmich of Bayern Munich, Trent Alexander-Arnold of Liverpool, Vinicius Jr. of Real Madrid, Bernardo Silva of Man City, Luis Diaz of Liverpool, Robert Lewandowski of Barcelona, Riyad Mahrez of Man City, Casemiro of Real Madrid, Heumann Son of Tottenham, Fabinho of Liverpool, Karim Benzema of Real Madrid, Mike Mannion of AC Milan, Harry Kane of Tottenham Hotspur, Davin Nunez of Liverpool, Phil Foden of of Manchester City, Sadio Mane of Bayern Munich, Sebastian Haller of Borussia Dortmund, who um, was recently diagnosed with cancer, um, so all the best to him and speedy recovery to him. Luka Modric of Real Madrid, Antonio Rudiger of Real Madrid, Cristiano Ronaldo, which is a surprise to me, of Manchester United, Kevin De Bruyne of Man City, Dusan Vlajevic of Juventus, Virgil van Dijk of Liverpool, Jacques Cancelo of Man City, Erling Haaland of Man City, and Kylian Mbappe of PSG. Um, The winner will be crowned at the Ballon d'Or ceremony in Paris on October 17th. Um, the Ballon d'Or ceremony this year will take place on October 17th in Paris. So out of the list I named, who do you guys think deserves this year's Ballon d'Or? I'll start with you, Melvin. Okay, the only two men from these the, the short list that I feel are worth considering are Karim Benzema and Lewandowski. And Lewandowski had a very interesting season last season, not this last season. Actually, the season before that season, where he scored, I think, the most goals across all competitions and all that, won all those trophies. We saw all the pictures, we saw everything. But that last Ballon d'Or, we didn't see him win. So it makes sense for him to be shortlisted this time around. And Karim Benzema as well who has been phenomenal for Real Madrid. He He's won the Super Cup recently. He won Champions League. So I feel like those two men are the only people I feel worth considering for the Ballon d'Or. Okay, Diane, what about you? Um, who do you think deserves to win the Ballon d'Or? Um, well, obviously, a lot of these guys um, have had notable seasons. Um, but I think I agree with Melvin that these Lewandowski and Benzema was who players that have stood out to me um that stand out to me in this list to receive the Ballon d'Or um there's a lot of controversy 
last year when Messi got it instead of Lewandowski because of uh, timings and COVID, etc. But I think Lewandowski has shown his consistency and he's, I think, yeah, he's, I think he's probably number two on my list and Benzema, number one. Just because what Melvin said, I mean, he's dominated domestically and internationally um, and he's shown his prowess, you know, on big stages. So I think those two are my shortlist. Maybe KDB, just because he's my favourite. But on a serious note, I think, yeah, those two. I mean, to me, it's very interesting. Like, before I even give my pick on who I think should win, it's very interesting to me that um, someone like Ronaldo was shortlisted as part of the 30 um, best players from um, this past year, but Messi was left off. It seems very controversial. I felt both of them did not perform up to standard. Yes, Ronaldo was in a poor Manchester United team, but from the beginning of January till now, basically, he's been an aging striker. And like, let's call a spade a spade. I don't believe he deserved... Uh, 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 he deserves to even be a part of this um, Ballon d'Or conversation. But like Melvin said, if we're going to look at the last three years overall, I think we should um, give the Ballon d'Or to um, Robert Lewandowski. But we're not looking at the last three years overall. Uh, we're looking at the last year. And in the last year alone, like one man has stood head and shoulders above the rest in um, Karim Benzema. Um, in 2022, the man, he, um, he led his team to the... Spanish La Liga title where he was the top scorer he led his team to the Champions League crown and basically he's just had like his most prolific ever season it's just been yeah he's been a joy to watch overall like it's not just his goals it's been his movement it's been every little like it's been every like the way he's led Real Madrid as um captain over the last two years I mean, in last last year alone, he scored twenty seven goals and provided twelve assists in thirty two La Liga games. That's thirty nine goal contributions from thirty two games in the Champions League. He scored um fifteen and assisted twice in the twelve games. Like he's just been like he's been a super strike. Like in all sense of the like of the word. Like whenever the club needed a goal, Benzema was there, and it like it showed throughout the season and his. Honestly, I believe his star shone the brightest it's ever shone um, this season since he first joined Real Madrid in 2009. Uh-huh. But like, honestly, what are your, you guys' thoughts on Messi being left off the shortlist? Do you think he deserve, he's still a top 30 player in the world right now? Yeah, I think like you, I the argument with Messi, I think, like you said, Nana, in my opinion, if Messi is off the list, then Ronaldo should also be off the list. And if Ronaldo is on the list... Messi should also be on the list. I think um, with me, the likes of people like, let's say one person, for example, like um, Trent or whoever, who haven't really, in my opinion, shone or done anything noteworthy. Um, it's a surprise that people like that are on the list. But at the same time, um, in his respect and in his position, he's arguably one of the best. But also 30 is a relatively long list. But Messi, I don't think he's done anything noteworthy I mean he's gone to from Barcelona to PSG where arguably they didn't need him or whatever um but if we're looking at this past year nothing noteworthy but obviously Messi is one of the best players in the world so if we're looking at that then yeah he deserves it but Ballon d'Or is supposedly looking at the past year's successes and stuff so I'm like half I understand that argument and I understand both sides of the argument I might sound I might sound a bit biased, but in the past year you cannot compare 
Cristiano Ronaldo to Lionel Messi. If you have people like Phil Foden, who scored only eight goals in the Prem last season, but are on the list, are on the shorts list, the 30-man shorts list, where you have Ronaldo who came in, not from the beginning of the season, came in somewhere the beginning of this year and scored 17 goals. There's no way you can compare. If if man like um, Foden and Virgil van Dijk are on the list, Ronaldo really deserves it because they are in top teams and they should be even having more chances than he does, even though he's the central striker. He's coming to a United team which ended up where they ended up, but still did the most. There's no way you can compare the two of them. Messi is in the top team, but it's like he's more or less retired. So I get I get him not being on the list. But Ronaldo really, really, really deserves to be on the list, even though he doesn't deserve to win. But comparing the players on that list, he's, he, even though he's old, he's still above quite a number of them. So he really deserves to be on that list. I mean, that's very controversial. First of all, you're comparing Van Dijk, who's a center defender, to a, um, a central, like a, a center forward. But like, I digress. You said he did not join at the beginning of the season. I think you missed what your first game or your first two games of the season, and then he joined. Whilst, like, as we're talking about trophies, let's um, take a look at another um, trophy that will be handed out at that same um, Ballon d'Or ceremony, um, and that is the Copa Trophy looking at the best um, young players under the age of 21. And the nominees for the Copa Trophy include um, Karim Adeyemi of uh, Borussia Dortmund, Jude Bellingham of Borussia Dortmund, Eduardo Camavinga of Real Madrid, Gavi of Barcelona, Ryan Gravenberch of Bayern Munich, Josco Gavidiol of um, RB Leipzig, Nuno Mendes of PSG, Jamal Musiala of Bayern Munich, Kayo Saka of Arsenal, and Florian Wirtz of uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Diane, I'll start with you this time. Who do you think deserves to win the Best Young Player Award out of Adayemi, Bellingham, Kamavinga, Gavi, Gravenberch, Gavidiol, um, Nuno Mendes, Musiala, Kayo Saka, and Florian Wirtz? Okay, um, well... I might be a bit biased because I watch um, the English Premier League most. Um, but I believe Saka um, deserves the young player. Um, I've seen, I think I've seen him play the most and I've seen his dominance in the Arsenal team and also the English team. And it's surprising to me that I feel like I see this guy as like a, a veteran, just how mature he plays and how well he controls the game. I think even to today's game, the days of 13th um, against Leicester. You know, the guy was just, I can just say he was balling and I think his dominance on the pitch is above his age. So I think for me, Saka deserves it. I think on my also short list, I'll put Kamavinga um, and Belling on my list as well. Just like Diane, I might also sound a bit biased because I watched the Prem more than all the other ones. But yes, everything she said for Saka is extremely true. He's, even though he's part of the shortlist for the youngest players, his position in Arsenal, he seems like a, a main man. He seems, he's not a, a young player to the Arsenal team. He's, he's a player. He's considered a player. So, um, I think he, he should be up there. He should be under serious consideration to win this. Uh, trophy. Uh, on the other hand, looking at the small, the little number of games I've seen of Borussia Dortmund and the hype I'm seeing around Jude Bellingham too, and his potential move to Liverpool maybe in 
the next two seasons or so, I would say that maybe his attention to should also be looked in that direction too as well. He seems like an upcoming player who could really cause chaos later on. Oh uh, yeah, so for me, um, like Diane and Melvin already said, um, of course, um, you have you have Bukayo Saka who has been Arsenal's best player for the last the last year and a half essentially, um, because like when Aubameyang um wasn't performing particularly well last season, the team really looked for um toward to Saka for a spark, and he has become one of the most like the senior most players and most respected players in that Arsenal team. So like to me, honestly, I think I think he's probably um one of the like front runners for this trophy. Um Jude Bellingham, he's had a lot of hype surrounding him um over the last few years. But a third name I would like to add to that list is um Karim Adeyemi because uh the man was um, banging in goals left, right, center last season for um, RB Salzburg. He got um, 19 goals and five assists in 29 um, Austrian Bundesliga games, and he scored three times and provided two assists in eight Champions League games last season. So I feel he's also like another person we should consider when um, looking at um, um, looking at the Copa Trophy because like he he has all the tools to be a very top top player in the very near future but like if i'm to pick a winner using my arsenal bias of of course want to give it to um the star boy bukayo saka let's take a look at the premier league season so far my man united fans on uh this pod dave melvin and sarah um i thought they would go into a bit little bit of hiding after um, what happened to their team um in game week two, losing 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0 to Brentford. <laughs> um, following a 2-1 loss to Brighton at home. This um, result currently leaves um, United at the bottom of the table. But um, United have, like, they, they, they seem to have had a good preseason. And when we did our predictions um, just before the um, Premier League started, before um, game week one, one of our co-hosts puts United third, and whilst the rest of us sensibly left us left them out of our top four, with one person who predicted leaving United out of the top six completely. But here we are, two games into the season. United have scored one goal, they've conceded six, and have a goal difference of minus five with zero points on the table. Melvin, you're a United fan. I'll start with you. What has gone wrong for Eric Ten Hag and your beloved Red Devils so far this season? To be honest, this is a very huge question. A question that no fan will be able to answer. What exactly has gone wrong? For all we know, this is what Ronaldo had seen in the background and decided to want to leave United and go somewhere else. No one knows. No one really knows what's going on. Because we've been under how many managers since... uh, We've been under how many managers since Mourinho? I think four managers since Mourinho. Even with Mourinho, we were suffering. Mourinho was complaining about so many things. When Ragnik was around, Ragnik said we needed to change, if not seven, up to ten players. But we are still not able to do that. We lost the race for Darwin Nunes, for an, an alternative striker. Marshall is injured. Only God knows how he got injured during training right before the start of the season. And now we are stuck with 
Ronaldo and no proper striker. We, we really don't know. We really don't know. And we also have a captain in Maguire who has no faith from the fans. We really don't know what's going on in that team, to be honest. Ragnik was right. They need to change everybody. <laughs> I mean, since Sir Alex Ferguson, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you've had, um, you had David Moyes. You've had David Moyes. You had um, Ryan Louis Giggs. You had uh, Ryan Giggs step in. You had Louis Van Gaal come in. You had Mourinho. You've had uh, what's that? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You've had um, Carrick step in. You had Ragnick step in, and now you had uh, Ten Hag. So let's count that: Moyes, Giggs, Van Gaal, um, Mourinho, Solskjaer, Carrick, Ragnick, Ten Hag. That's eight managers since Sir Alex Ferguson retired. What ten, ten, ten years ago? Yes, but I I counted for Mourinho because at least we won a trophy with Mourinho. At least we did something with Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Doc, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, crazy. Because now uh, Arsenal fans are laughing, so that's crazy. All right, <laughs> okay, okay, Man City. Okay, Man City, since you want to talk now, um, tell us what's what's wrong with your biggest rival? Hey, biggest rival, care. Okay. Our biggest rival is, is who? Who's, who's up north? Leeds. Um, but seriously, I'm watching, I was watching the, um, I didn't watch the game, I was watching the highlights and like Melvin said, there's a, I think there's a lot going on. Um, there's big disbelief in the team. De Gea had a shocker of a game and yeah, I, I don't like to mention Maguire's name because that guy, he's not serious. So um, I think objectively, um, Ten Hag has a lot to do if he if the board will have faith in him to for him to stay. Um, and I think Man, you need consistency because um, a, a long term plan because it's going to take a while for them to bounce back. So that's my take. I mean, every team should have a plan, and it looks like United went went into this um summer transfer window with um a plan to sign a midfielder and Frankie De Jong. And no alternative. Um, they were supposed to sign Anthony, um, but once that wasn't happening, like they seemed to go into plan into the summer transfer window, like looking for one option to secure an area and having no alternatives for that. And like big clubs don't move that way. If a like if a deal is taking too long, they pivot and look for another player that fits a certain profile that they want to fulfill. And it seems like United were hell-bent on getting Lissandro Martinez in. Um, they sat down and uh, thank God Arsenal did not complete that that deal and he chose to go to United because watching him get bullied by Brentford today, it made my like, it made me smile. Like, I won't lie because he, he seems like, the, like... It looks like his height will really worry him in the Premier League. Well... The Frankie de Jong saga has shown how mighty United have fallen because players used to want to play for the badge. Now you're going around begging players to play for the badge. A player who clearly does not want you is someone you're chasing after. I thought you guys were saying you didn't want another Pogba situation. So why would you want to go to a player? Like, at least Pogba wanted to play for the club, but why would you want to go for a player who clearly has no interest in wanting to play for your club? Number two, Ronaldo says he wants to leave. Why, if a player is unhappy and he wants to leave, why do you feel the need to um, force it down his throat that he has to play for Manchester United? He does not have to play for Manchester United. You can find an alternative. You can find an alternative and look for, like, sell him for what, 15, like, let's say you get 15, 20 million for him. 
and then you use that to invest in the other the actual striker you people want um to bring into the club you guys clearly need a midfielder but um you you can't have one like um, yeah you guys clearly need a midfielder and it seems like you're going for Adrian Rapio does Rapio solve your McFred problem I don't think so it's like there's so many like major problems with this club that I see people already starting to blame Ten Hag for for not um changing his system to suit the players but at the same time how can a coach uh I mean yeah like I bl- like I blame him and the players because the players had the whole summer to learn his system and try and conform to fit into the system but at the same time, every good manager tweaks the system a little bit to suit the players they have at their disposal. And it seems like United right now seems to be trying to fit. Um, What's the idiom? Is it um, square pegs and round holes or round pegs and square holes? Whichever one. Like uh, That's what they seem to do. Like It seems like the game plan does not fit um, Bruno or uh, McFred or um, Christian Eriksen or Sancho or Rashford. Like. Sancho has been poor since he joined United, if we're going to be very honest with it, like, about it, and we're going to analyze it. This whole United setup is very, very, very poor. And, like, it delights me to see. I've said all this, and I'm happy. United are trash. Like, like that person... Haters. Who, that that, that um, intern who wrote um, Man United are rubbish on the BBC, they were right. I don't know why the BBC felt the need to issue an apology, but it was the, like... It was the truth. United Facts. are very rubbish. <laughs> for me, there really isn't anything too like much for me to say. Um, it's 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 very disappointing to see United like go downhill every season. Uh, even when there's like a, a glimpse of hope, right? And you just see it like cut short because this is like this is not the United we. This is not the team that we've known, especially during the Ferguson era. It's and with like you said we've changed so many coaches and it looks like every time we change a coach the players don't even get a chance to um settle or like stick to the system every time there's a system change and it looks like the players have to try and adapt to the system change that i think that's also an issue that has to be looked at but then there are so many issues at united and no one knows where the source truly is coming from if it's from the coach or from the players or from the board upstairs but it's very confusing and it's very weird that it looks like the best united has ever played even with the current squad that they had the best the best they could do was with Ole Gunnar social because at least with him even though the team was playing very terribly um at least with Ole Gunnar, i mean he he he, he did something to like the club at least you remember when we were second in the previous season before they sacked him and everything it's just it's just very disappointing to see united go down every every season every season i don't know how long it will take for them to bounce back but uh, right now i don't even know what to say i i i'm just not going to even say anything about united for like the rest of the season until i start seeing some improvements Dave, um, how how do you dissect your um your new manager and how the season has gone so far? Two games in to Eric Ten Hag's reign. Um, it's it's really difficult. I mean, talking about United right now. One one would say it's early days. I mean, just two games into the season, but um, I mean, there's no time. When you see the big teams winning, you also have to win to catch up because. 
you wouldn't have you wouldn't have um, the time to to catch up when they've already left you behind. Um, just like Serum said, I mean everything around the team right now is confusing. Um, you you cannot point fingers at um, the situation and see that okay this is where the problem is emanating from and it has to be dealt with from here because one we have problem with the team itself we are unable to attract the right players them to come and augment just last week i saw a tweet from someone saying that um ten hag is literally following the trajectory of um, Van Gaal, um, the kind of players he signed, um, Blaine and the, and the likes. I'm like, and comparing them to um, Martinez, Ericsson. So it's like we 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 just we just don't know our problem. Just so we can we can we can find the the solution to that problem, and and I don't know how long this is going to continue, but um, it hurts. <laughs> It hurts so much to know that every season the same problem or things comes back to to hunt us and bite us, and we still cannot deal with it. You play Maguire and leave Varane on the bench as a coach. I I I I, I stopped watching the game. I mean, but do you guys not think you guys keep blaming Maguire? But is is the problem not a, a like a the problem has to be bigger than Maguire at this point? Is it not? It is. It is. But we cannot go. We cannot go around leaving individual performance out of our 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 claims. Okay. If the guy is not performing, we have to talk about him. Bruno is not performing. We will talk about him. Do you get it? Rashford is not performing. We will talk about him. Sancho is not living up to the the name Sancho and why we, we brought him in. We will talk about him. It's not. It's not because. Maguire is, is is a target, so 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 we we leave the rest as 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 it is. We 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 will deal with all of them. The problem is bigger than Maguire, but he's literally the one playing shit than anybody in the team. Sorry if I should say, you know, and and it doesn't help anyone really. We 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 tend to we tend to we we had a very good preseason, okay, with a new coach. Being able to um, try new formations and 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 know the kind of squad that you want to use. We come into like a new new Premier League season, and it's like we never had a preseason. We the the team does does not have any identity. We are just playing. How can you how how can you lose to Brentford four zero Brentford? Charlie, let me just let me just leave this thing here. Oh, I mean. <laughs> But Brentford is a Premier League team. You can lose to, like the Premier League is supposed to be the most competitive league in the world. Any team can lose to any team at any point in time. Well, yo, 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 yo. the way the, stop rapping, bro. <laughs> stop rapping. I mean, if oh. if we lost one, if we if we lost one zero, okay, it would it would have made a lot of sense than losing four and not even equalizing. No consolation for us, bro. You, you, you don't defend, don't defend the team for me, because no, don't. I mean, I agree with you. Bruno, Bruno should have been getting slotted since the moment you guys signed him. But his his um goal contributions at that point were covering up a lot of the lapses in play a lot of us were seeing, because your man, if he's not getting you a goal or an assist, he's not doing anything else. But 
that's probably a conversation for another day. David De Gea was poor. You probably got you guys probably need to look for a new keeper or um uh, you got actually don't even bother recalling um Dean Henderson because I actually don't think he's good enough for United. You guys might might as well start looking for like a new keeper as soon as possible because like the whole squad has very big holes in it. Martinez is too short for the Premier League. He reminds me of Rojo. Um, who you guys got rid of? Like basically, Dave, what you were saying at the like at the beginning of your um segment was like it was very interesting because I I didn't actually thought of it that way that the Ten Hag era has started very similarly to the Van Gaal era and if you guys dumped the Van Gaal era or six five six years ago uh why would you come back to it now? But um uh, I think that's we should leave the conversation here for now. Uh, we'll come back. We'll revisit it um, later on the season. Um, the last football thing we will touch on is we'll um, quickly go through our top six predictions and the teams we all had getting relegated um, this season. So we, like I said before, we did these predictions before the season started, and uh, so please keep that in mind while I was listening to this. All right. So I NMH um I had um. Man City winning the league, Liverpool finishing second, Arsenal finishing third, Chelsea finishing fourth, Spurs finishing fifth, and United finishing sixth. Diane had um, City finishing first, Liverpool finishing second, Arsenal finishing third, Spurs finishing fourth, Chelsea finishing fifth, Man United finishing sixth. Um, Dave had City winning the league, Liverpool second, Spurs third, United fourth, Chelsea fifth, Arsenal sixth. Serum had um, City winning the league, Liverpool second, Spurs third, Chelsea fourth, Arsenal fifth, United sixth. Melvin had City winning the league, Liverpool finishing second, Spurs third, Arsenal fourth, Chelsea fifth, United sixth. My brother, Papa, had um, City winning the league, Liverpool finishing second, Arsenal finishing third, Spurs finishing fourth, Chelsea, his favourite team, finishing fifth, United sixth. Um, Benasari had City winning the league, Liverpool finishing second, Spurs finishing third, Arsenal fourth, Chelsea fifth, United sixth. Um, Ray had <laughs> Man City winning the league, Liverpool finishing second, United in third, Spurs fourth, uh, Arsenal fifth, Chelsea sixth. Um, KB, my cousin, a uh, very good friend, Craig Brewer had Liverpool winning the league, City second. Chelsea third, Arsenal fourth, Spurs fifth, Leicester sixth. Um, that guy put Leicester above my new. Damn. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dave, you had like out of the people on the pod today, you're the only one who had United in the top four. Have you changed your mind two games into the season? You know, yeah, actually, yeah. I I want to put United. Um, <laughs> <laughs> In probably six or seven. Before before I even answered, you were you, you started laughing already. <laughs> you know, just just you know, I, I will keep I will keep United where they are now. I'll just I'll just keep them there. Where they are, as in where we are last right now, or where you put them? No 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 fourth. Where where yeah. I, where I placed them fourth? I. Yeah, just, just, just keep United there, bro. It was a trick question. You think, because, why, why would I laugh at you? It was a trick question. You just walked into my trap. It's calm. Mm, it's, it's all, it's all good. That's all you wanted. You called me. I didn't mind you. So this way you get me. 
right, um, our our relegation predictions, our relegation predictions. Um, I had Leeds, Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest. Diane had Fulham, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest. David had Everton, Fulham, Bournemouth. Um, Serum had Brighton, Fulham, Bournemouth. I think he was he 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 had seen Brighton beat United on the first day of the season, and he wanted revenge. Uh, Melvin had Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth. Um. Papa had Southampton, Bournemouth, um, Nottingham Forest. Ben had Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth. Ray had Bournemouth, Fulham, Nottingham Forest. And KB had Fulham, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't really, I need to, like a lot of us have um, the newly promoted teams going straight back down. Um, Nottingham Forest, I think, have done a lot of um, business, but. I don't know if it's going to be enough to stay, keep them up. Bournemouth, uh, I don't, I don't like their manager personally. So, like, I don't like Scott Parker. I don't like his management. I don't like the way he left Fulham. Like, there's a lot I don't like about the guy. So, I hope they get relegated. Like, I love Bournemouth. I, I love like watching Arsenal play against Bournemouth, but uh, they can do, they can go back to the Championship for all I care. All right. <clears throat> I think this is the perfect way for us to end the show. Um, May. Bill Russell, so rest in perfect peace, and may United continue to linger at the bottom of the Premier League table. It's been Nana Marcazin here with Melvin Kwashi, Dan Otto, David Kofite, and Sarah Mkate. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Oddball Sports Podcast. We are glad to be back for this season. Enjoy your week. You can follow us on Instagram at oddball underscore sports. That's the at sign O-D-D-B-A-L-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. On Twitter at oddball underscore sports. That's the at sign O-D-D-B-A-L-L underscore S-P-R-T-S. On Audiomack and all other podcast streaming services by searching oddball sports podcast. Thank you for listening to this video. Oddball Sports.